you know, we had a meeting uh, uh, in January called Kickstart, and I told you last week the numbers in basically a month and a half. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, the numbers in basically a month and a half were around uh, $79,000 in the hands of people. And over, I think it was 65000 in raises, supernatural, in a month and a half. That doesn't just happen. I mean, when's the last time you just saw that much? And that's, I'm talking about in the lives of the people that were here at that meeting. Listen, God is a supernatural God, and He doesn't just care. Uh, he doesn't just care about whether or not you're sitting here in the chair on Sunday morning, uh, or whether or not you you, he, you, know, you gave something today, right? What he cares about is you. He cares about you. As a matter of fact, that's why he gave us the offering is because he cares about, don't you know that God can make whatever he needs to create? The offering's not about him as much as it is about us and our heart. When we get to that place of giving, all of a sudden, now we're starting to move and function and flow in the kingdom the way that the Lord wants us to. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So he wants to bless you. He wants to overflow your life with increase. Why? Well, one, if you put on increase, you're doing what Jesus did in Luke 2.52, right? And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and mature. Stature means maturity and favor with God and man. He kept increasing. In other words, he continually increased. Well, we're supposed to follow him. So we should be increasing in every area of our lives. Remember the parable of the talents? The one, the one guy, uh, he took it and he was like, oh, I'm scared. And he didn't increase. And God said, you wicked and evil servant. But the one who took the things of God and caused them to increase, they put work in, they put faith and belief in those things. He said, look, well done, good and faithful servant, right? God wants you to increase in that way. And then over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says that he gives us Abundance. Now, specifically here, it's talking about finance, but it's a principle of God in, that goes beyond finance that He gives us abundance right. for every good work. He gives us an abundance for every good work. Don't you know that God's calling you to good work? Yeah. Well, how's He going to get you to that place of doing good work? He's going to give you an abundance. But He's got to have a people that will partner with Him to operate in that abundance, right? Amen. So, matter of fact, speaking on that, I was not planning on speaking on that, but uh, we'll be going, uh, uh, Paul and I, where's Paul at? He must have gone. He's outside. Amen. Um, so, um, he, I did, like, he's outside. Amen. Glad he's not in here. <laughs> Hopefully he can hear this so he knows. Maybe he'll pop in front of the window and smile at me. But uh, anyway, we're going to be going to the Philippines here in a few weeks and and ministering is going to be awesome. God's already been showing me some of the things that are going to happen there. And uh, look, guess what? Those tickets, it's the most amazing thing. The airlines, they didn't call me up and say, Pastor Brian, I heard you're going to the Philippines, right? It had to come out of an abundance, you know. Uh, if you want to be a part of that trip, you're welcome to say, hey, this is going to the Philippines, you know, and give something to it. But they ask, they ask us there, you know, they're... <laughs> Last year, I went there, and I was in a number of places, right? And what you find out is we are really, really blessed. Yes. Like, Amen. we have a roof. Yes. You have a seat to sit on. Yes. 
you have air conditioning or heat, you have walls, right? We are really blessed. We are blessed. We are a blessed, blessed people. And we need to see that. We need to understand. Because here's, here's what I saw. You know, we've got a church for a lot of people five minutes down the road. Five minutes down the road. These folks were coming piled up on motorcycles. Three, four, five people on motorcycles to get to a meeting so they could hear about Jesus. They were coming in the back of a, of like a, not a pickup truck, those two, but like a dump truck. Piled up, 20, 30 people in the back of a dump truck, riding eight or nine hours to get there. Just to hear about Jesus. Yeah. We've got like our air conditioning car, and five minutes down the road... In America, we are so spoiled. <laughs> I mean, really, we're, we're blessed, but we've let that blessing turn into something that we think we, we did it ourselves. Yeah. We think it was us and our hard work. Listen, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights with whom there's no uh, variableness nor shadow of turning. It's Him. It's Him. If you're blessed, it's Him. You got breath in your lungs, it's Him. You got a chair to sit on, it's Him. You're sitting here this morning, it's Him. You know, the sun is shining, that's Him too, right? Uh, you, got, you got lights and ceiling and walls and it's Him. We're trying to have a meeting there last year, and it kept getting moved around because they couldn't get something uh, set. We're, you know, we're talking about having five or six hundred people at this one meeting for three days. And uh, you know what they did? They went and grabbed bamboo poles. They stuck up bamboo poles. They bought tarps right in the middle of a field. Man, I looked. It was like this. I walked out back from where I was speaking at, and it was like it looked like. The pictures I, I remember when I was watching Vietnam TV shows, you know, when I was little. That's the way it looked. I walked right behind, like, there's a, there's a little creek there, and there's tall grass and jungle, right? And then we're here in a field, in a field. And, and people, I mean, it starts raining. They're, like, cry, crawling underneath the, the tarps, you know? And they're sitting there. We've got these little plastic Walmart chairs, and they sit there all day long, hungry for the Word of God. Yeah. Hungry for the Word of God. This is going to go right in with the message. But um, they're sitting there hungry for the Word of God. We got people five minutes from the church right. who say that they're Christians, who can't do it. And, and it's like, I'm not saying that to condemn. I'm saying that let, we need something to drive us. We need, we need to put down and recognize where our blessing comes from. We need to recognize where our blessing comes from. I remember, uh, well, I, yesterday I was listening to a message that uh, Leonard Ravenhill did talking about uh, revival and talking about the fire of God. And he said there was a guy, uh, where was he from? France, I believe. And he said, I just can't understand how America is so blessed. How could America, this little, basically, this pipsqueak of a brand new country, beat down the, the Goliath of England? How could that happen? I don't understand how that's possible. How did they do that? He said, and, and he got invited right before he left. He got invited. He said, well, I'll not take this boat. I'll take the next one. He said, I'm going to go to a church. And he goes into a church there. And, and they were worshiping. Oh, man, I, I just I got goosebumps all over. He said they were worshiping God. 
And, and he said, he said, I wanted to stay. He said, I kept on. He stayed for a whole nother week and just kept going from one church to the next. He said, I figured out how America did it. America did it because they're good. They're going after a good God. They're worshiping good. When they cease to be good, they'll cease to be as strong as they are. But as long as they'll be good and they'll go after God, they'll, and, and I'll put this on it, not forget, not forget who they are and how they became blessed and where they came from. In other words, it's not just America, but anybody around the world, if they'll start to honor God, God will honor you. God will honor you. And we've, not, we've got to not forget that. Yep. Here I am and, and I'm in this place and, and it's open air, tarps overhead. People, they're camping out on the ground. They're sleeping in chairs. We're leaving one night. It's like 10 o'clock. And, and there's, there's kids and adults pulled the, the white plastic chairs together and sleeping on the chairs. Mosquitoes everywhere. They've fixed a, a place to take a bath and a place to cook and all this. And they've been resourceful. And, and, and we have overlooked the hand that got us to this place and got us blessed like this. We've overlooked that and not honored the Lord in this way. And we've got to step up to the place where we say, Lord, burn that junk out of me and let me burn with the fire of God again. Let me move into the place where I'm on fire for you no matter what. If anybody else isn't doing it, you ought to have it in your heart. Now, this is not going to happen. But you ought to have it in your heart. If pastor's not carrying the fire, they'll come to boomerang because I'm on fire. Yeah, now, you're not going to outburn me because I'm, I'm, I'm competitive. But, uh, and, and I love Jesus, right? It's not going to happen. But you can try. You should try. <laughs> you should try. I'd like it. That just gets me going even more. But you all to say, even if, even if nobody there was on fire, the place would grow because of my fire. Yeah. And would that be true up to this point? But see, we ought to all be carrying that. Yeah. Man, it, it would grow. Why? Because of a fire that you know, we were talking about, I put it on yesterday because he... He said it, Leonard Ravenhill said it. He said, a fire is the most self-promoting thing there is. Whether spiritual or natural, people will come. It's the, it's the best advertising you can have. People will come to see a fire. They'll go to see a fire. We ought to be so on fire. No matter what. No matter what. I don't care what everybody else does. I'm going to be on fire for God. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm going to be on fire. See, what are we doing? We're actually honoring God to do that. We're honoring him. But here I was in the Philippines. I'm standing up. And, and I, you know, this one guy, you know, we're, we're sitting here and we'll pray for people and people fall out. And, you know, if you don't understand that, you know, sometimes God knocks them out. Sometimes people are doing that uh, as a sign or symbol of submission. Both of those are fine. Neither one's fine. But, but man... Here, we got like smooth concrete. Their concrete, not smooth. Like rough. Like, you know, the bricks that you got at your house and the mortar, rougher than that mortar. Like lumps in it. Like they didn't have it smooth. And dude falls out. Like, I'm serious. This one guy, this is a pastor, one of the major pastors there. The power of God hits him. He literally, boom, 
and slides like this. I don't even want to do it on the carpet. He did it on concrete that was not American concrete. Why? Hunger on fire. He wasn't hurt. He was fine. But it's like, you know, that's nice to them that they had that. That's nice to them. We're, we're thinking, wow, this place needs some help. Now I go to the next place, and you can tell that they've been there longer. You can tell that they've walked in more prosperity. And, but yet, they have a big roof. It's, it's actually more covered area than, than this sanctuary, probably four or five times the covered area, but it's got no walls. It's got no carpet, just concrete. One day I was, I was ministering the place where we're going this year. I'm ministering, the rain comes in, and there's like rain. They got the side cover with tarps, and like one of the tarps breaks away, and it dumps like a bunch of water right on top of a group of people, and everybody's like, oh. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, ah, what? You know, and they were running from the water, you know. But here, here's my point. They have needs, and we're so blessed. Amen. We need, out of our abundance, we need to make sure that we're putting our abundance where it's supposed to go. And God says that abundance goes to every good work. Yeah. They called me the other day, or they sent me a message the other day. They said, we need some wireless mics. And they're going to have about 1,000 people here. They're going to come from all over, boats, planes, buses, all these different, uh, somewhere between 100 and 200 churches coming to hear the word for a whole week. See, they're taking off work just to hear the word because they know that the word will change them. The word will do just like what it did at Kickstart. It'll give, it'll supernaturally bring a blessing into their life. One word can save you. One word can save your health. One word can save your finances. One word spoken by God in an anointing meeting, anointed meeting. One one word can change everything, and they know that. They're giving up their work, their livelihood. They're saying, I'm going to go, and I'm going to take my own money and get there so I can hear a word. Hungry. Guess what? God's going to meet them. But we need to be the kind of people that are going to say, hey, let us, let us give to that. If you, they need some mics. They need like five mics, five handhelds, and seven. They, they actually have a big ministry, but they need somebody to, they ask, they ask for us to believe. I said, we'll believe for you. We'll believe and we'll, we'll bring some stuff with us. We'll send some stuff ahead or bring it, bring it with us one or the other. And so if you'd like to sow into that, you're welcome to. Uh, just whatever, it's going to be, I think it's like $3,500 is what it's going to take because we're not going to send them cheap stuff. Right? We're going to send them the stuff that will help them, the stuff that will be good for them. So if you'd like to be a part of that, you're welcome to. See, this is what an abundance is for. God, you, know, you have to understand that you're not walking in abundance just for you. You're walking in an abundance for the things of God. The things of God. We've got to make sure that we understand that. We've got to make sure that we don't overlook the blessing that's on our lives. We got to make sure that, that we don't take it for granted. You know what? Almost every major civilization that has risen has also fallen because they've forgotten what got them there. And I've watched this. It's funny in America. What got America to the place is because they said we're going to found a nation for the purpose of the Father. 
They're going to found the nation for God. And yet what we've done is we've forgotten the very thing that got us there. And I watch that happen on a small scale in churches all the time. People will come into church and all of a sudden they'll get blessed. And then they'll, you know, all of a sudden they'll forget what got them blessed. And before you know it, as soon as they take that blessing, then you don't see them anymore. And then, you know, what happens is the inevitable. They go six months, now they need to get blessed again. They pop back in church. Get it. If they just keep on in the same place, it would just grow and multiply in their lives. But we've got to make sure that we're doing the right things. We've got to make sure that we're doing what God called us to do. We're recognizing who got us here, and we're not forgetting that along the way. Many times I've, I've said this, you know, you think that the... The hardest place to be in serving God is when you don't have anything. I don't think that's the hardest place to serve him on the flesh. You know why? Because you've got no other choice. <laughs> it's like if he don't help me, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> hey, you don't have another choice at that place. I need God to come through. But then all of a sudden, when you start receiving the blessing of God, that's when we start thinking, well, I, I worked hard to get here and... And that on the flesh, I've found, is the more serious level of, and the harder level on the flesh to keep serving him, to keep worshiping him. Yeah. It's why you see so many people, when they get some fame or fortune, all of a sudden they draw back from their original uh, worship of the Lord. They'll draw back from it. That's why you don't want to build your own house. Think about it in terms of, you know, like musicians and worship leaders and think about it in terms of even pastors or somebody who's anointed. One of the worst things that can happen uh, for somebody who's anointed by the hand of God is for somebody that's worldly minded to come and start promoting them. All of a sudden they raise up to a level that God hadn't done. They, were, they built the house on their own and they were not prepared to uh, maintain it. They didn't have the character to, to carry it on because they forget who got them there, who, who it was who blessed them with that talent. And that's when you see them fall or that's when you see them you know, on, a, on a public show or something and they don't uphold God like they should. It's because they weren't supposed to be there yet anyway. God wants them there, but it wasn't time yet. They weren't prepared. He knows when we're prepared and when we're not. And we need to give ourselves to him so that he's the builder of the house, not us. He's the builder. We need to let him be God. We need to let him, hey, Lord, you know everything. And you love me more than I love myself. And you know more than I could ever know. You know more about me than I know about myself. I need to give myself to you, put myself in your hands, be putty in your hands, and let you build your masterpiece and not try to circumvent you, not try to run out in front of you. Just let you build it. Lord, I'll give you me. And see, here's what people don't realize is they can go and they can be working for the things that they want and they're working so hard for it and trying, and they'll see a steady growth like this, and then maybe they'll make it big, maybe they won't. But see, here's what happens with God. You might not see anything 
anything, but all you are is obedient to God. Lord, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm going to be where you told me to be. I'm going to say what you told me to say. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And they see nothing, 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 nothing. They turn a corner in obedience to the Father, and boom, God raises them up supernaturally. And all of a sudden, there's something, and they're ready, and they're prepared, and they know how to maintain it. Yeah. That's part of what this year is for Boomerang. God's doing something. You can sense it. You can feel it. He's moving us to a different level. And he, it, like it feels different. It just feels different in here. It feels like we're on a different level of authority. We're seeing more manifestations. We're seeing more people born again. We're seeing more people filled. We're seeing more miracles and healing. We're seeing the things of God on a different level. We're speaking in a different level. You're speaking in a different level. You're talking to the devil differently than you did last year it's a different year it's one of those years where we've done what we needed to do and we kept on and we trusted God and we were obedient and God says this is your year this is the year everything changed 2019 is the year of a great thrust into the harvest and a great harvest it's the year of an abundant harvest I'm not just talking about money. I'm, I'm talking about harvest of souls. I'm talking about growing spiritually to the places God's called us to be. It's a time for us to be a fire of God. Yeah. It's a time to allow the fire of God to purify us. If you look on your handout, you can look at uh, Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. We've received something that you have a strength in your life that cannot be shaken. It gives you an idea. If you feel shaking in your life, it's, it's not his kingdom. It's the flesh. That's what you're feeling shaking. So it a lot of times will give us a hint that we've been listening more to things outside of the kingdom of God than in the kingdom of God. And that's what we're feeling shaking. And we got a, it's a symptom. It's a way to tell, all right, this is not God. This is me. If it's being shaken, it's, it's the flesh side of me, and I need to give it to the Lord, right? Because he's given us a kingdom that can't be shaken. He's given us something that's solid. And see, a lot of times what we do is we pay attention more to the shaken than we do to the foundations uh, of God. And all of a sudden, here's the thing. We forget how much God has blessed us. We forget how much he's done for us. We got to look at this. In other words, what he's saying right here is, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. We're showing gratitude because we recognize we've been given something. We're showing gratitude because we recognize I've been given something that is very valuable. How many Christians in America think that on that level? Now, I mean, we can say, oh, yeah, I do, I do, I do. No, listen, you can tell. You can tell by the way we live. We don't think this way. You can tell. Look at the whole picture. This is not the way the American church thinks. And, and okay, we, we've been in that boat. It's been us. 
All right, let's repent. Let's ask for forgiveness. God is faithful and just to forgive us and remove all transgression from us. But let's recognize it now. And let's pick it up now. Let's not be that that weak and mediocre Christian of the past. But let's be a pillar of fire of God now. And we recognize and we show him this gratitude. We show him, hey, Lord, you've given me something valuable. We're given gratitude because we recognize something valuable has been given to me. He said said this, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Now, when you see an acceptable service, uh, another place you see that is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And that's where Paul says, uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God... Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Some translations say reasonable service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, what is that verse in Romans 12, 1 and 2 saying? It's saying there, look, I have a job, I have a reasonable service. And that reasonable service is that Jesus gave his self to me, I need to give myself to him. It is my worship. It's what I should see as required. He doesn't require it. He's not going to make me. But I should see it as required because he sowed the seed of his life into me and he deserves to uh, reap a harvest of my life. That means I'm going to give up me. What does that mean? I'm going to give up me. It means exactly what you don't want it to mean. At least your flesh. It means exactly the part that your flesh, oh, I'm going to give up me. I can tell you right now, I'll I'll go ahead and make it public. Glory to God. I can tell you right now, the Lord's leading me into something that my flesh does not want. He's leading me right now into something my flesh does not want. I can sense a, a period of fasting coming on. I can sense... Uh, a media fast coming on. The last time I did the media fast, uh, the, the big one, it was for one year. No TV, no movies, no, no Facebook scrolling, no Instagram sco- scrolling. We still posted stuff because that's a part of business and we check messages, but as little as possible. One year. I'm telling you, he spoke it to me this week just as clear as could be. It's time to do that again. I don't want to do it. You know what I'm thinking? There's some good movies coming out this year, Lord. That's what happened last time, too. There's some good movies coming out. I don't want to miss them. Well, listen, I don't want to miss God more. It'll probably happen in June, probably start in June. I'll probably go another year. No, no media, no nothing. Now, that's along with some fast, extended fast. When I say extended fast, I mean more than, you know, two weeks, two or three weeks. So I'm not just talking about fast and movies, you know, I'm talking about seeking the Lord. Now, the reason I'm telling you that is because uh, he told me to tell you he's going to lead some of y'all to do the same thing. And whenever I set a date for that media fast, some of y'all are going to do the same thing. He's been showing me. 
He's been showing me, uh, you, you got too much of the world that you're listening to. And I don't listen to it as much as most people do. I mean, I've, I've learned that lesson. I still don't, it's still too much. He's saying, you got, and I know he loves me more than I love me. And I know he can see everything. So I trust him that if he, if he's saying this, there's something I need to be putting down. And it's better for me that I put it down than I enjoy it. You see, enjoy something of the world. But he's telling me, he, let them start dealing with you. And, and some of you might be going right now, no, no, I, I, I might do this, but I ain't doing that. Watch yourself, because that's, that right there, those absolute statements like that, that's the easiest way to get God to, to you know, yeah. Say, so you ain't, huh? <laughs> you, you're not. Is that right? Yeah, so just be mindful of that. It's a funny thing about making absolute statements with the Lord. <laughs> I'll never. Whoops. Now you will. <laughs> Oops. So anyway, that'll probably come up in June or something like that. And so just letting you know. I know he's calling me to it. I told them yesterday he's calling me to it. We'll probably do it in our whole household. Congratulations, Abigail. Yay. <laughs> Luke will love that. He fasts with you. He's only five. Absolutely. It, how much easier is it for him to, to walk out the things in his adult life if I'll teach him that it's normal in his child life? Yeah, absolutely. We're stepping into a season. Woo, I can feel it. Oh, glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I just, you know, what I'm sensing is the, the promise of God. See, those who honor me, I will honor, and I'm just sensing the promise of God on it. Ah, he, he's just, I can sense he's taking it up. See, some of you are like, man, he really took you up. He's about to take us up again. Amen. He's taking it up another level. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Man, I sense that. I sense that good plan, plans to give you a future and a hope. I sense that future and a hope of Jeremiah 29, 11. I sense that future and a hope on that plan. And see, a lot of people get scared of the fast, and, and what they don't realize is God will empower you in the fast. It's the heart to do it that is waiting, that he's waiting on. If you'll get the heart to do it, he'll give you the power to do it. That, that's where most people miss it. They focus on the price that they paid, not on the grace to pay the price. They don't focus on his goodness to pay the price. And the word says this, that in 2 Corinthians 9, we were talking about it earlier. If we will, uh, it tells us that if we will purpose in our heart to be sowers, God gives seed to the sower. Well, that's talking about finances there, but that's a principle in the kingdom of God. In other words, if we will purpose in our heart to be sowers of our fleshly comforts, God will give us seed or grace to do exactly that. He'll give you supernatural strength. Remember what Jesus said? He said, uh, he, he's hungry. The disciples said, he's hungry. He said, I got food you don't know about. He knew how to pull on the grace of God. He knew how to purpose in his heart to be a giver to the Lord, whatever the Lord wanted, and God would supernaturally give him the nutrition to do it. 
This is a secret that I learned the last time we did the extended fast. I didn't know that that was available like that, but I learned it was there. And I started relying on it. I rely on it more today than I ever have before. I just learned to, to become a sower in my heart of all things. And when I purpose myself to become a sower, then he will give me the seed that I need for my life. We're talking about living at a different level. We're talking about, look, God's calling you up. It's the time. How many of you know, raise your hands when I ask this question, if you, if you believe it so. How many of you know that it's a different season? Something's going on in the Holy Ghost, and God's calling some people up. It's a different time. It's a time to get serious. Well, listen, you say that, but faith without works is dead. So what are you doing? What plan do you have to get serious? Well, I got one coming up in June you might want to be a part of. It's a time to get serious. Whew, you feel that draw? The Holy Ghost is drawing you. But guess what? If he'll draw you, he'll empower you. He'll provide for you. That's a Holy Spirit draw on you. That's a Holy Ghost drawing on your heart. It's, I remember, <laughs> uh, I remember Lou Engle being in the meeting with him back several years ago and he started talking about fasting he started talking about doing a 40-day fast well i'd always wanted to do a 40-day fast but that was more pride than it was my flesh in that way like i wanted to eat but still i wanted to have like the check mark the badge i did a 40-day fast but that's all fine and good until it starts getting real and he started talking about doing the 40-day fast and then you know it's like and if you know lou engel he was Talking about doing a 40-day fast. When he feels the Holy Ghost, he starts doing like this. <laughs> he started talking about doing a 40-day fast. I was in the meeting with him in Charlotte. About that time, you know you're in trouble when you feel the Holy Ghost say, I want you to do that. I was like, uh-oh. I don't think I need to say get behind me devil right now, but I'd like to be able to say that. You know, I'd like to be able to say that because I was like, is that, is that for real? Like, is that you, God? Did, did I have some bad pizza? Because I, I don't want that. I'm not sure I want that to be you. And Lou's like, he's, we need some people that are fasting for 40 days. And I'm like, mm. I don't want to. We need some people fasting. And then it's like, you know, you're sitting there. And, and, uh, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost sitting there. And he goes, mm-hmm. He's like. This is what I put in you from the time you were young. Yeah. Whew. That's why when you read about it, it sparked something in you because I've called you this. I'm not just called you to this, but you're listening. Are you listening today? Not saying that you got to do a 40-day fast, but you should be fasting. He said, Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast. When you fast. And he said... He said, this, I put this in you because I'm drawing you to a place. You're listening. Said, yes, sir. I walk out of there and I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I got to do a 40-day fast. When am I going to do this? 
He says, start in September right after Labor Day. I'm like, oh, okay. At least that's like two or three weeks away. I can eat a lot between now and then. <laughs> Which is not a good idea, by the way. Just in case you ever do that. That's not the greatest of plans. Because then your body's used to a lot. And it makes it even more drastic when you go to nothing. And uh, so then... All of a sudden, he goes, he says, yeah. And I was like, started looking at the calendar when he told me to start. I'm like, Lord, I got like three trips. I like to eat when I'm on the road. That's my favorite time to eat when I'm not at home. That's when I get sodas is when I'm driving. You know, that's, that's like me time. He's like, uh-huh. Uh huh. I was like, not only that, it's Rachel's birthday during that time. I don't want to miss having cake with her. I don't want to not celebrate her, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) And it's my birthday the next week. Two birthdays, three trips, and I'm coaching soccer every day. Like, I've got to go run, Lord. And 40 days. I got real skinny, (laughs) y'all. But guess what? The Lord helped me. He helped me. And I came out of that a different person. It was a different person. And y'all are different people because of it. What will your commitment to the fire of God Helping other people. What people are waiting on you for the difference that will be in you when you give yourself? What people are waiting on it? What people are waiting on you to be caught on fire? Because I decided... I won't overlook the blessing. I won't overlook what God has given me because to whom much is given, much is required. I will let the fire of God purify me. I'll let the fire of God move me. I'll let the blessing of God not pass me by. I won't let rocks cry out. I won't let rocks worship my Lord. He's done too much good for me. I'm going to give him me. And as I give him me, I'm going to see the things of God. I'm going to see the things that that Bible talks about that we all want to tell stories about, but nobody's living around me. I want to be the person that lives it. I want to be the kind of person that gets the phone calls in the middle of the night because they know if anybody flows in the power of God and the love of God, you do. I want to be that person that God, when I get up there, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to get a wicked servant from my Lord and Savior. I want to be in front of him and be happy to be there and not have any regrets whatsoever. I want to be the kind of person that carried his presence on me in this world. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is required. How much have you been given? You've been given everything. You've been given Jesus. How much then is required? Everything. See, when we get that, it makes it so much easier. 
See, people think that it costs you more, but you've got to understand when you get that, he gives seed to the sower. He gives you the grace to start walking that out. God's calling you, boomerang, up to a different level. He's calling you individually. He's calling you corporately. One of the greatest things about the fire of God, if you look at the original word, the original word, uh, uh, it, it can be uh, pronounced fear, like F-I-R, fear, like, and that's where we get the word fire from. But that word came from an original word like this. It's spelled like this, P-U-R, pure. Because here's what the fire does. The fire is a refining fire. And this word says, the next verse in Hebrews uh, says this, Our God is a consuming fire. Our job is to give him ourselves. Our reasonable services say, here, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am. I give you me. Lord, burn up the flesh side of me so that the purity of you can come through. Burn it up, Lord. There's a thing about the fire of God when they're going to refine gold and they're going to refine silver. Uh, one of the things that they do, they'll sit there and they'll start refining and, and as they bring it up to temperature and the fire starts to separate the real from the unreal and, and the, all the impurities, they float to the top and they keep removing this trash and they keep removing the trash. But here's what happens in that process. Then all of a sudden, the guy who's in charge of refining, he shuts it down and he says it's done. And, and, and you can ask, What's, why is it done? How do you know that? He says this, this is how he knows that it's done. Because when you look in it, I can see my reflection. Does God see his reflection in you? Have you given yourself to the refining fires of God where he sees your, his reflection instead of you, the old you, the flesh you? It's so pure that we reflect our Father. We reflect the consuming fire. Let's just bow our heads. If you feel like you're about to bust right now and you need the fire of God inside of you, I want you to come up quickly now. If you feel like you're about to bust, if you think that's you, but I'm not quite sure, it's you. If the Holy Ghost is drawing on the inside of you, and I can't not, I gotta have the fire, I gotta have his presence. I need to, for him to see his face in me. I need for him to see his face in me. Come up quickly. You can play. Whatever music they've instructed to lightly, bring it up lightly. I need his fire. I need the refining fire. I need him to consume every bit of me, every part of me that's not him. I need, I, I need him. I give myself to him. Then I'm going to go to the moon.
I'm going to anoint you with oil. And as I pray for you and lay hands on you, just you believe that God is going to answer with fire. And let that fire purge and purify and refine you. And let God start building the house. Marikolo Mahiatur 